Life's too short. Life's too damn short. So, eat everything. Try anything. Exercise. Experience all that life has to offer. Here's exercise physiologist, medical journalist, and healthy talk host, Melanie Cole, MS. Are you suddenly overcome by fear, trembling, sweating, head-pounding, heart racing? Well, don't panic. Relax and breathe. My guest is here to tell us how to deal with panic attacks that so many of us might be feeling these days. And my guest is Dr. Alex Demetrio. He's dual boarded in psychiatry and sleep medicine, and he's the founder of Menlo Park Psychiatry and Sleep Medicine. Welcome to the show, Dr. Demetrio. So panic attacks, is this a chronic condition or is it something that people kind of come up with just out of the blue and for no reason? You know, some of the data is a pretty consistent uh, familial genetic pattern to panic disorder. They've done studies on twins where they have shown that twins do tend to have panic disorder in about the same frequency. But a lot of times what I see in my experience is uh, panic attacks just kind of tend to come up at some point of people's lives, usually during times of stress. Uh, Oftentimes, if the stress gets passed, people often get better. Other times, people end up coming to see me. They end up uh, taking some medication or going to therapy, and that also can have a marked improvement on the panic attacks. I guess the good news to know is that there is there is definitely a treatment, whether it's behavioral or pharmacological. Um, I think one of the biggest barriers is actually getting into care. I think a lot of people uh, tend to suffer quietly. They tend not to mention these symptoms to anybody. They think something is terribly wrong with them. And that actually, I think, can do more harm than uh, the disorder itself, which thankfully is quite treatable and does respond well to medication and therapy. So how do we know if we're suffering one doctor? Because, you know, stress hits us all. And especially this time in in the country and in our lives, we feel stress all the time. But how do you know when it's headed towards a full-blown panic attack versus just oh my God, I'm really stressed out right now, work and kids and life and stuff. And how do we know when it's actually a panic attack? That's a very good question, Melanie. Um, I I hear that a lot in my practice. I think a lot of times people will mistake regular daily anxiety for panic symptoms. And quite often they might mistake having a panic attack as anxiety. The real key distinguishing factor um, in my work with with my patients and uh, clients that I see, panic attacks tend to be pretty short-lived and extremely intense. And we're talking on a scale of minutes to maybe an hour or two versus if we're looking at chronic stress, that tends to be a more background pattern. It's chronic stress is marked by periods of like sustained periods of insomnia, um, trouble relaxing, muscle tension, fatigue, headaches, and other sort of like symptoms that are almost easier to ignore than a panic symptom would be. Uh, Persons having a panic attack on the other end, it's a very extreme rapid escalation of symptoms. Uh, really closely linked to our fight-or-flight response. It's kind of the same feeling you would get if a saber-toothed tiger jumped out of the woods. And with that, uh, elevate like marked elevation in heart rate, shortness of breath. It's all the adrenaline surging through your veins suddenly that really distinguishes, I think, uh, a panic attack from generalized anxiety. A lot of people experience generalized anxiety, but um, panic attacks uh, is, is almost a higher form of that anxiety. And thankfully, the episodes are shorter-lived. But... Uh, more intense and quite debilitating when they occur. So let's talk about them occurring and what we do, because as you said at the beginning, if it's something that happens more often than not, or you've had it happen and it's really affecting your daily life, you need to come see someone and it is highly treatable. But if it's the first time 
or it, it doesn't happen that often. What can we do to sort of stop it in its tracks? Can we even stop it in its tracks? Do we even want to? Do we kind of let it happen and see what comes out on the other end? Or is there something we can do to calm ourselves down? So I think one of the one of the scary things in psychiatry is calling medical symptoms psychiatric or psychological. And I think the first and most important thing for anybody that's had a new panic attack or some episode of rapid heart, chest pressure, skin trembling, I tell most of my patients it's so important to just rule out any kind of medical causes. First and foremost, I want my patients to be safe. I want nobody to get hurt. I don't want to find out that this was indeed perhaps somebody might actually be having symptoms of, of chest pain that could be heart attack related. Somebody might be having a seizure. Some other people might have thyroid issues and other medical conditions that sometimes can look like a panic attack. And oftentimes we'll look and indeed the medical workup will be negative. But it's so important, I think, with, with the first F is having a symptom that they haven't had before. Um, it's very important to get medical clearance and to make sure that it really isn't anything medically related. Once we have that, and a lot of times most of my patients with the first panic or the second panic attack, they will inevitably end up in the emergency room, which tends to be a terrible trip. It's about a, you know, it can be a long wait sometimes. And, uh, you know, these patients will get admitted. They'll get checked for uh, any kind of heart condition. They'll get blood work done. Oftentimes, that visit does provide reassurance, however, that most medical things that could be, that could be uh, disguised as a panic attack are actually ruled out. So I tell most of my patients it's really important to make sure it's nothing serious, nothing medical. Once that's done and the first panic attack uh, and you've experienced like a panic attack or two, uh, once medical causes are ruled out, it actually helps people to know that they will not die from this. That belief is a very deep, fundamental thing that uh, a lot of panic attack sufferers don't understand. I call it the boogeyman hypothesis, and generally we tend to run from dark, scary, nebulous, uh, uncertain things. Um, in the case of panic attacks, we end up feeling these scary symptoms, and some people may never actually seek care or never even want to go to a doctor about it. And that's, I think, where you know people have the potential to get into danger. If, uh, if anyone is experiencing any episodic or first-onset panic symptoms, my first recommendation would be get a medical workup, get evaluated, get checked out, get your heart looked at, get labs looked at, make sure everything is good, um, and then let's look at other causes of su such a psychological or genetic familial psychiatric um, that could be contributing to the panic symptoms. Well, it's true people can feel like some of those panic symptoms are a heart attack happening. And I'm certain that they can, you know, even go hand in hand. So getting a good medical workup is a great idea. And even coming to see somebody, you know, and we'll talk a little bit more about that and the treatment options. But as far as, you know, people say, oh, breathe, relax, do this. Oh, it's just a panic attack. Relax. I, I mean, it's not so much that there's a stigma. It's that sometimes people roll their eyeballs and say, oh, please, you're just stressed out or having a panic attack you know, just breathe and it'll be fine. Is that really something that works? Um, <clears throat> so I, I think beyond breathing is actually, you, you got to look deeper at people's actual core beliefs. I think that's where we have the potential to get really scared of uh, of anything that we're experiencing, whether it's depression, whether it's in, or whether it's a panic attack. Um, beyond the exercises of breathing, which I'm happy to get into, and they definitely do help, but there's the difference of going through the motions versus having the actual fundamental belief that in the case of panic attacks, once medical causes are ruled out, the biggest relief for my patients is really the realization that this will not kill them. They will not die. They will not lose their mind. The, the terrible things that they imagine will not, are not likely to occur. And historically, they haven't for a lot of these people. 
Um, in terms of relaxation techniques, breathing techniques, I'm happy to discuss those also. They definitely help. But it doesn't help to force yourself through a breathing exercise if in your mind you're still worried that you might be having a heart attack or that there might be something severely wrong with you, which no one has yet diagnosed. So I think the most important thing in helping people through a panic attack is actually that reassurance that they will survive, that they will get past this and that this won't kill them. One exercise I like to do with my patients sometimes that have panic attacks, we'll get down on the floor and we will do push-ups together. Um, and I remind them that in a lot of types of exercise, which exercise can bring about the same sort of reaction in your body as a panic attack. So rapid heartbeat, fast breathing, sweatiness, a little tremor. Um, exercise in many ways can bring that out. And nobody is afraid of those symptoms when you get them on the, on the elliptical at, at the gym. And making that connection for patients, again, uh, again conveys the mental message that, that this is okay. This is the body's natural response to stress. You actually get these responses quite often if you exercise. And thankfully, no one's died. No one's died from these symptoms. No, it's true. And exercise certainly does help to release those endorphins and, and help to make you feel better. And as you say, it sort of mimics those same kind of symptoms, but in a positive Absolutely. way, you know, really for your body. Now, what treatment options are available if somebody is, is experiencing panic attacks on a regular basis? What do you recommend when they come to you? How do you start working with someone? So what I'll often do, very rarely do I see panic attacks in somebody that isn't anxious overall. We often compare it to kind of like, uh, it'll be like mountains under the ocean. Some mountains are tall enough that they actually break above the surface. And those are the panic attacks as I see them. A high enough level of anxiety does break through the surface and result in a panic attack. But our overall level of anxiety is the seafloor below. And what ends up happening, people that tend to be more anxious at baseline in their day-to-day -day lives, people that are stressed, underslept, overworked, a majority of us, I'm afraid to say, um, that, that foundation of the ocean floor is higher. So things that would normally upset somebody um, in somebody that's already anxious can push them into the level of a panic attack. And that obviously could be any life stressor, uh, work-related, family-related. But to answer your question, um, the, the most important thing for me is already, like, I, I start to look at patients and their background anxiety level, realizing that panic attacks are already on top of a background level of reactivity and anxiety. And a lot of times reducing that background anxiety level can help. And that's where I kind of resort to telling my patients that we should get back to our fundamental human need among them. You know, we need to have time to sleep. We need some alone time. We need time to reflect and think. Um, we need to be eating healthy meals during the day. Uh, getting enough sleep, as I mentioned, is a very important thing. Um, exercise. Uh, these are all areas of self-neglect that it's, it becomes so easy to forget. And these result in higher daily stress levels, and that in turn can precipitate more panic attacks. So well, it's we need to reduce the background true. anxiety level. I think that so makes you, a huge difference. Yeah, and for and the I, panic attacks themselves. Yeah, for the panic attacks themselves, I think we're you know we we would look at you know there's so there's behavioral and there's pharmacologic interventions. Um, behavioral interventions are things uh, chiefly aimed around cognitive behavioral therapy, and cognitive behavioral therapy will look at you know how you perceive what's going on. What are the automatic thoughts that you're having? Oftentimes for people with a panic attack, it's, oh my God, I'm having a heart attack. I'm going to die. I'm going to lose control. And then uh, it's coming up with more, more adaptive ways of dealing with those automatic thoughts that are based more on reality. And oftentimes in the case of panic attacks, people will say, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to lose control. And the simple answer there is how many times in your life have you lost control? And this is where everybody stops and stares at me and the answer is zero. Mm-hmm. That's a good question, um, really. So that's some of the work we do that's that. more behavioral, pharmacologically. 
Oh, go ahead, Alan. Well, no, it's just that, I mean, I as you're saying that, I think about myself and the stress that I'm under and how often have I thought, okay, I'm going to lose it, I'm going to lose control, but how often has that really happened? So that's a good question, a really good question to ask ourselves. So so finish it up and wrap it up for us about pharmacologic and how it so, can help us. So pharmacologically, yeah. we uh, You know, there, there's medications that work in the short run. Uh, for some people, these can be benzodiazepines. Medicines like Xanax or Klonopin can help. Um, they do have some habit-forming tendencies, but I think most people with panic attacks tend to be fairly reserved in their use of these medications, uh, especially if administered by a psychiatrist. Um, beyond that, you know, we, we look at some, there are some medications like beta blockers, which, is a, which are blood pressure medications, among them propranolol. Propranolol basically blocks the effects of adrenaline on the body. Um, and for a lot of people with social anxiety that might experience panic attacks, you know, meeting with someone or at a giving a presentation, beta blockers can have a huge role in not letting the heart speed up, not letting the hands get cold and shaky, and uh, alleviating the, the negative butterflies that, that might occur in people's stomachs before a stressful event. And more long-term, pharmacologically, we also use uh, antidepressants, medicines like Prozac and Zoloft, SSRIs, which can also help tremendously uh, reduce the background level of anxiety. And by lowering that overall baseline level of anxiety, I, I, I often find that the the peaks through the water also tend to reduce, which are the panic attacks. It's great advice, doctor. Such good advice. So wrap it up for us and tell people where they can find out more about you, Dr. Alex Dimitriou, and the Menlo Park Psychiatry and Sleep Medicine Center. Thank you so much, Melanie. My, my website is online. It's uh, www.dralex.com. Uh, office is in Menlo Park, California. We have a small medical group, and we, uh, we see patients specializing in a uh, everything from sleep and awake. Um, it's psychiatry with an emphasis on sleep. Um, on the topic of sleep, I should mention also the, the importance of just like ruling out medical causes. I saw a patient about two months ago that was having what looked like panic attacks on laying flat. And he was an older gentleman in the 70s. And uh, very quickly, the answer was not panic attacks, but it was indeed a heart condition that we were fortunate enough to detect. And he got better. And uh, it, it speaks to the danger of mis- diagnosing something is all psychological. And I think that speaks to the importance of always checking in with your doctor and making sure that nothing can terribly go wrong. I think once people that have panic attacks have that reassurance, um, that's, a very, that's a very important stepping stone in getting them better. So true. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing your expertise and such great advice today on panic attacks and dealing with stress and really the ways that we can kind of get through it onto the other end. And if we need that professional help, not to be afraid that there's some stigma in seeking that help for panic attacks or anxiety disorders or stress disorders or any of those. So it's something that we all certainly need to hear. And thank you again for joining us. You're listening to Life's Too Short right here on RadioMD.com. I'm Melanie Cole. Like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter or TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeart, iTunes, wherever podcasts are played, you can hear this, but we want you to listen on RadioMD.com. Thanks so much and stay well.